They blame agriculture for global warming. Uh, I know the legislature is doing a bill to, to try to protect our meat. Uh, you need meat, okay? You need meat, okay? And, and we're going to have meat in Florida. Like, we're not going to. We're going to have fake meat. Like, that doesn't work. So we're going to make sure to do it right. But, but there's a whole ideological agenda that's coming after uh, I think a lot of important parts of our society, and like Florida, obviously we have a lot of agriculture. Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call the single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. Your Wendy's kind of... Where's the beef? You were gonna... F you have fake meat. Like, that doesn't work. Welcome back to Why Are We Like This, the podcast that treats Florida like the active crime scene it is. I'm your host, David Quinones, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Tomas Kennedy. What's up, Tomas? It's good. I cut my hair. I shaved today. I'm a new man. Nice. Yeah, you look fresh. I was going to comment on it when you first got on. You look like uh, you're ready for a job interview or something. You're I'm, I'm fresh not. Fresh out of college. You're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not, but I'll, I'm trying. <laughs> and that can only mean that I am joined by my other co-host, currently uh, fleeing Taylor Swift, who's trying to uh, enjoin him for tracking her uh, private jet miles, Gerald Doherty. Hey, Gerald. Free me. Free me. It's public domain info. Um, yeah, I don't know. How about just enough with the Jets? You don't need it. You don't really need it. It's enough. You know the thing where it's like, oh, it's like the most lib shit in the world, which, like, whatever. But the the whole thing where it's like, oh, you're much closer to being a homeless person than you are to being a billionaire. Or until until the billionaire in question is Taylor Swift. Um, and the whole thing about like temporarily embarrassed millionaires, I forget the provenance of that quote, but like the very, what was it like Mark Twain or some shit like that. Mm. That's the one thing where I really do hold out where I'm like, you know what though? If I do end up being a billionaire, I really want to be able to have that jet. I don't no, want to outlaw. Same, 100%. I want one. I really 100%. fucking want one. Uh, dude, as somebody has to fly a lot, wow, like that would really make my life easier. I'm not going to lie. Also, I am not going to partake in this conversation. I'm abstaining. Uh, I don't want the wrath of the Swifties. I actually like Taylor Swift's music. Um, she has a few good songs that I like. I, mean, I know I'm not the target demo for that music, but there's still some songs she wrote that I enjoy. My concern with the private jet is not the jet itself, but what it would do to my brain and my worldview. And I could see myself becoming very quickly... Like, like jet pilled. Not, not just jet pilled. Not just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the jet set, but just like... Literally, like it, within the privacy, like walling myself off from everyone around me in the privacy of my mind, because I like I'm on a jet and they aren't. Like I, I, I could see it so yeah. easily. I, I, well, Tomas, if you I, think you're worried about the, the the wrath of Swifties on a because of something you might say on a podcast, let me tell you what it's like having a ten year old kid, a ten year old daughter. I can only say good things about Taylor Swift. That's all I'm permitted to there say. There are nice things to say about it. That's the thing. I don't I, have I, any I hatred. I think she's wonderful. Every, I don't have great. any hatred. Every woman no. in my life loves Taylor Swift. I don't want to anger and disappoint them. And also, <laughs> I think her songs are pretty good. I, it's, it's a reg, it's, She's a karaoke regular for me. And honestly, the crowd goes wild. So, But there's no crowd on a private jet. It's a crowd of one. A what? Yeah, at that point, I don't need a crowd. I have a private that's jet. My, that's my whole worry. <laughs> yeah. as, I, as I've been watching True Detective and I see like that, the like spoilers for True Detective, but like I think a big part of that show is going to be like some fucked up uh, 
uh, like disease or bacteria that they pull up out of the ice as the ice sheets are melting in, in, in Alaska. And I, all I can think about is all of the fucking diseases that we're going to deal with in our lifetime and, and like going to the fucking airport and going to the Miami international airport. And it's like, if I had a way to not have to do that, I would jump all over it. I would, you know, not to derail I'm the sorry conversation for the bears, or the podcast, but that, that show boring. And not just this season. That that show's always been boring. I, I That's not true. Like, season one. Take. Terrible take. Oh my god! I, 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 ride, I ride for I ride for season two. I ride for season two. That show sucks. Strongly disagree. Season one. Season one is a holy grail level uh, entry. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass around Gerald between you and me the the text of like uh, what to do when your friend has a bad take. I and, just like. I, I have some bad take. I told Tomas if I had it Nobody's in my power perfect. to tax alcohol like cigarettes, I would. I have bad takes of my take. own. Yeah, yeah but I don't go take. around saying that's a wonderful take. Everyone should have it. Uh, guys, I, I try <laughs> watching True Detective plenty of times, and I just end up putting, like, Top Chef back on. Like I Okay. Top Chef is a nice show. Top Chef no, rocks. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I'm not, that's that's just not my genre, though. So I, I'm, I'm probably not in a great position to to um, to identify. Oh, what I only like bad. prestige TV. I'm not going to watch the silly cooking show. No, come on, give, give Top Chef a chance. I like anime. Is that prestige TV? Now, yeah, among Gen Z, among Gen Z, anime probably is prestige yeah, it's, TV. It's, it's, it's like elite watching. Get get, get oh, down okay. with the people, man. Mm-hmm. The the, the, uh, the you're, you're too you're too jet pilled. You're like well, you're like in your private jet watching True Detective, back to back reruns. No, from 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 a podcaster who's jet pilled to a podcaster who's a bit red pilled, Tomas. I think I have found you. I've spotted you in a recent poll, and I was going to save this to the for the end of our news and notes, but I, look, I might as well just start off with it right now. Okay. Uh, this is a poll that shows. Um, it was uh, held by uh, it was it was held by the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And it, uh, whatever, it has a lot of findings, just came out today. But the most important one is that 74% of, GO, of the GOP of, of, of Republicans who responded to this poll I'm, I'm would, not a Republican. Be ha- would be happy, wait, no, hang on, would be happy um, with, with uh, Donald Trump getting to be a dictator for one day. And um, <laughs> now, what I, now, whatever, I, that's kind of predictable, right? 74%. What I thought was interesting was 9% of, Democrats said that they would be okay with it. And I was like, that's Tomas. No, that's Tomas right there. No, he might not be a Democrat anymore, but he would definitely be keen and like completely blackpilled enough to say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's try it. Let's no. see what let's see. What's the worst he can do? No, no, no. I think those are the I same like I don't want Trump. Uh, they're both terrible. I could see that nine percent be Trump. they could be that same like um Christy to Vivek voter. When Christy dropped out, there was a small sliver of people who said they were going over to Vivek from the Christy camp. I would, I would. That Venn diagram, I think, is a circle on that question. Yeah, don't I like those kinds of polls are such a missed opportunity because, like, and I don't know. I mean, you'd have to track all these people, but wow, would I love to see like hear the focus group? Yeah, of just that nine percent. Like, what is in your mind? Yeah, yeah what do you what do you on? hope you that he does? Be- those are the people that see politics as TV, as their prestige show that they're watching. Maybe where it's like, oh, it would be cool if you know, it would be cool if if uh, if 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 Tywin Lannister takes the throne. Let's see what fucking happens in season seven. 
you know, like, well, I think he was dead by then. But anyway, yeah, um, spoilers for Game of Thrones, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> so, no, there was also 36% of independent voters said that it would be good, while 65% said it would be a bad idea to, again, to let Trump be dictator for one day. Because as he famously, famously recently said, um, he's going to be a dictator on just for one day to take care of some outstanding business and settle some scores. And then, uh, you know. No, I don't. I, I don't think that's a good idea. But no. I, also, um, I mean, you know, just both both options are terrible. What, what do you one, one day turns into two turns into eternity very quickly. Yeah. You know, the the dictatorship of the Donald is not going to last. You know, <laughs> just for the length of a sunrise and a sunset. Also, like, it's going to be like infrastructure week. It's it's like yeah. it's always on the it's always on the horizon. It's coming, yeah. but you know. <laughs> Um, the uh, the other thing I want to touch on really quickly before we um, abandon Trump watch is uh, the Nevada primary, mm. Republican primary. Oh, man. Which, uh, I, I mean, it's funny because if you look back at a history book in 50 years, you're going to think that none of these candidates was the winner of the of the Republican primary in Nevada. But uh, that's not the case. It's <laughs> uh, it, with, I think, a resounding 63% of the vote. I, like I don't know what do you call that? Do you call that a protest vote? What do you even call that? It's just like a. Yeah. It's not even a right. Yeah. It's just it was, like so basically there was like I mean you, you guys know the, the background. I'll, I'll save it for the listener, but there was a kerfuffle because you know like the Nevada Republican Party uh, is is like a segment is hosting this like unsanctioned like primary vote where like no actual delegates to the RNC will be allotted, and there's going to be like an actual nevada gop caucus where those delegates will be allotted you know for the final delegate count so trump was like fuck it i'm not participating on this that's why uh then none of these candidates uh uh label got the majority of the vote because majority of republican voters are like no i want trump so i'm not voting for none of these losers It, it is a protest vote i think I think it could have been a gesture of goodwill to have them have them vote for Tim Scott because I saw he actually was on the ballot. And after the humiliation that he put himself through uh, after uh, what is it, New Hampshire being like, I just love you. I think it could have the least Trump could have done for his dignity would say, I want everyone to vote for my beautiful, my beautiful Beautiful, senator. Yeah, yeah, Tim Scott. Tim Scott. Um, that's not the Trump way, baby. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> the least, Tim, literally, the least he could have done. Yeah, Tim so. Scott. Tim Scott saw his uh, saw his long lost cousin Rick Scott adopt a puppy for mm. his gubernatorial bid, and was like, "I can, I can one up you. Watch yeah. me get married. Watch yes. me adopt a wife." Yeah. Yeah. And then Trump, um, Trump was like, "Wow, something oh, we never man. thought would happen. Tim getting married. Wow, folks." <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's that's odd that's weird isn't it? that's weird right but let's not ask questions it's all good we like him we love we him like it. Um, keep keep going tim <laughs> the next thing on my run <laughs> the next thing on our quick rundown of news and notes was um the way that we're going to start doing the podcast in the very near future which is via a uh, neural implant gerald you wanted to add this on to our oh my docket god here. Yeah. so this comes from the japan times let me just read the lead Want details on Musk's brain implant trial? You'll have to ask him. Uh, with the dateline in Washington, Elon Musk's announcement last week that his startup Neuralink had implanted the first human patient with its experimental brain device generated immediate buzz. But Musk's statement on his social media platform X, uh, it's, it's Twitter, 
Stop fucking calling it. Uh, raised more questions than they answered about uh, the trial for a risky device that the tech billionaire says could one day help the paralyzed walk. Four experts in the brain implant field told Reuters. So, Gerald, I don't know what did she what caught your attention about this. Uh, this this like broke me for a day, and maybe that day has has lasted into today. Um, but. Basically, the, the wealthiest man in human history announced on a website that he owns privately um, that his latest human experiment on a, on a brain uh, was a success. Um, this, this could – the thing about – so for those who don't know, Neuralink is his company that's trying to focus on bio, a form of biomedicine that basically would – um, help brain machine um, integration, but you know if you if you're familiar with the whole um, Stephen King looking at words on a screen and that's how he's able to something akin to that, but it's essentially implanted into the brain. It's basically um, chilling, chilling the, shit. So the goal basically would be anything you could do on a phone. You wouldn't need this in your pocket anymore because it would be implanted. No. Up here, no. the, yeah, the problem. If no. you saw how, if you saw the cyber trucks being towed off the hills by the Ford F one fifty, imagine that level of technological success, like implanted in your head, probably needing to be replaced every four to five years, um, hoping that it doesn't malfunction the way Twitter <laughs> frequently does. <laughs> I was actually talking about this yesterday because I was looking at the stupid like Apple Pro Vision whatever yeah. thing. And like, this is where we're headed in a society. Yeah. Like, like this, this implant is where, you know, and the thing is that like, once this stuff is adopted, you know, by like a critical mass, if you don't insert the chip in your brain, you know, and that's where the Apple Pro Vision is headed to, right? At some point, they're going to be like, no, fuck, fuck the fucking glasses. Let's just put just it in, put it in your head. Yeah. And you get left behind. I'm sure yeah. there's going to be like, societal pushback to this but that's yeah it's forced adoption it's forced adoption yeah Yeah. and listener like and i say this as someone who is like terminally online imagine having the fucking internet in your brain like no 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 it's a nightmare and the we other th- need to stop this. The thing that bothered me the most was the only person who was able to successfully articulate all of my concerns about this was Jesse Waters on Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like the, no one seemed to care. Like no one seems to care. I looked up that um, Jackson Hinkle guy made no yeah. mention. Of, his last mention of Neuralink was, oh, maybe when we have Neuralink, the, the libs will wake up, you know, because they'll finally have a good chip in there. Or that we'll have, we'll have real chips in their head instead of their lib chips or whatever. Here's hoping. All, those, yeah. all those Twitter guys are like cooking to Elon. Exactly. To boost their engagement. but They'll be the first in line to get it, no question. Can, can, uh, I, I don't know if they will be the first in line, but they will definitely pretend to be at least. Yeah. Well, can you tell us what Jesse Waters exactly said? I don't want to clip. Okay. Jesse Waters basically said, like, listen, there's a, there's a re- there's a reason why you want to have like removal from technology. Like, we have a computer that was a major breakthrough, um, but you can step away from a computer. You have a smartphone, right. basically a computer in your that. pocket, but you can turn it off. Now you have like VR, and yeah, like it's kind of for nerds, but for people who like it, you don't you don't have to keep wearing it. A chip in your head is permanent. And the thing that he didn't touch on, but the thing that, that I, get, I don't know what the technology will be capable of. This is all speculative, but the like the surveillance state that we all like know we live in, it's used for the chintziest stuff because everyone knows they're being listened to 
like uh, by these devices. But the way they know it is they'll say like, oh, I could really use a new winter coat. And then suddenly all their sponsored posts on like Instagram or Facebook are for winter coats. Like I could very easily, I don't know how it would work, but like if you're able, if Pepsi is able to like do a, uh, a deal with Neuralink to say like, hey, could we pay X amount of money and have people dream about Pepsi products so they're more likely to put it on their grocery list? I like, I could see the the line between that this technology and your subconscious being perverted to like the, the most chin, like the chintziest end being like yeah it'll, it'll not, be ad tiers it'll the, be it'll be you'll you'll have an ad tier that is like pay extra have, and we won't do the dream ads to you basically in, in order the same to have way that thought, they do YouTube you have, yeah you yeah. have to sit through a thirty second we're, ad yeah we're, we're we're about to watch Total Recall and that's right. <laughs> Literally, the movie, the premise of the movie is this guy goes to get a fucking implant on his brain to have these like pleasurable memories yeah. with ads on the, on him and his fucking brain goes berserk and you don't know yeah. if it's real or not. That Total Recall is your future uh, listener. Go watch it. It's pretty good. And the, in, in closing, like these kinds of breakthroughs, like they could be beautiful. Like I'm sure there's going to be uses for this in like early disease detection, disease prevention, um, helping, you know, the disabled, um, you know, more easily, you know, um, get around in society. I'm sure there's going to be very real reasons why someone would want the Neuralink pl- implant. Like, and, and I'm sure it would make their lives qualitatively better. I, I, but like you said, once you reach a critical mass of people who want it for the convenience of not having to have a, a piece of plastic basically in their pocket all the time, they'd rather just have the chip to be able to, to not have to text, to just, send a mental message to someone and then they receive it. Um, you know, this to, this to me was like, am I crazy? Like, and I didn't, I think the answer, I mean, not on this one, but call me me a a Luddite, call me whatever the fuck you want to call me. I'm not, I'm not getting the chip. Yeah, no, I will not comply. From from the more fanciful to the more grounded here back in Florida uh, yes. in the present present day, this from Bloomberg Law, uh, Florida justices roast state argument against abortion amendment. Floridians aren't stupid and can read summary. Chief says court proves cover for. It, I don't know. I'm a little on the 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 the, 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 the first three wor- words of that. I'm not, I don't know. If I'm, I'm, I'm bought in all the way. Uh, a lopsided oral argument Wednesday saw conservatives on the Florida Supreme Court openly disagreeing with the state attorney general's opposition to an abortion amendment that could rewrite pregnancy termination rules in the state. Attorneys opposed to the ballot measure uh, petition, which has received more than 1 million voter signatures, urged the court to reject the ballot's measure summary uh, summary, and bar it from the ballot. We've talked about this before in recent, you know, but I've talked about it in a more sort of politicized way where I think that this is an interesting thing. Obviously, we're trying to codify the liberals, Democrats, people on the left are trying to codify abortion on a state by state basis, um, doing exactly what the what the conservatives told us to do, doing exactly what the right told us yep. to do. And um, and I guess it's, you know, I don't know, should we even be surprised at these challenges? Or I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that the Florida Supreme Court ruled this way, or maybe I shouldn't be. I don't know. What do you think, Tomas? Well, you know, I, as you know, I worked um, on the Amendment 4 campaign to restore voting rights to people with prior felony convictions. And I also worked in the medical marijuana campaign. Um, and, you know, I mean, like the conservative uh, establishment in the in the state, um, as always, you know, try to present uh, legal arguments to knock, you know, knock out the language. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it will probably clear the language uh you know assessment and uh, at, at the florida supreme court i mean I, I don't know 
But, you know, another thing to consider is that, you know, once uh, once these bills are, you know, approved by a 60% threshold of Floridians and, you know, and the constitution is amended, the, the legislature goes back and, and they, they, they craft what they call implementation legislation to, you know, handicap uh, all these bills. They certainly did it with Amendment 4, you know, and, and voter voting rights restoration. So, you know, even... You know, I'm obviously like incredibly supportive of the of the effort and the amendment and we'll vote yes and, you know, whatever. But, you know, I think it's and obviously smarter and people smarter people than, than, than me or us are considering this. But, you know, the threat is the approval of the amendment, the actual campaign to get it approved by a majority of Floridians, but also what happens afterwards. And, you know, I I, I don't know. I think the legislature will try to, you know, uh you know, to do everything they can to sabotage this. Like everything that happened subsequent to Amendment 4, like you can picture them building new apparatuses or agencies or whatever, like new oversight or new new mechanisms to continue to restrict access to abortion. And it, it's the same way. Where it's like, okay, well, now we have a new ministry of right. family planning that now you're going to have to, you know, every, yeah, every absolutely 100%. Everyone's welcome to, um, you know, to their own, reproductive rights but you got to do it through this agency you got to sit through this video you have to look at a pic you have to stare at a picture of like a mangled baby body for 14 minutes until before you're allowed to actually do it or something it's, it's, it could be anything the imagination like the way that they came up with the idea of like oh well uh serving your debt to society also means all the court fees that you probably don't even know about like yeah. and, and it, that, uh, the limit is your imagination yeah, and all those court fees that were you know held in like paper records and you know fucking offices you know by clerks right. that have never looked at it since like the 60s 70s 80s you know and there's no right that's some dusty database. room in alashua county or some shit uh, yeah i mean you know like the florida legislature can be inept and vague in in, in terms of crafting legislation when they want to be or when they're careless but they know what they're doing when they want to know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like The last item I wanted to touch on that was brought to my attention by, I forget which one of you brought this one up, but it was uh, it was a, a real a real meaty one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, not, yeah, this one, well, I'll let you go. And then I'll, it's not a whole lot to say. It's just funny. <laughs> it's just funny, yeah. It's a, No, you know what? This is a part of, and uh, let, me, let me read a little sure. bit from the Orlando Sentinel here, but this is part and parcel with this bigger, weird Ron DeSantis nutrition thing, like where he's like very anti-sugar and like, I don't know, like it's all part of his weird mania that he's forcing on other people and like chastising children for, for drinking soda and shit like that. The headline from the Orlando Sentinels, why do DeSantis and Florida lawmakers have a beef with lab grown meat? And, uh, by the the dateline here is from Tallahassee. Governor Ron DeSantis had thrown his weight had thrown his weight behind legislation to ban what he and Republican colleagues are calling fake meat, beef, chicken, pork, and seafood grown from animal cells cultivated in a lab. You need meat, okay? I, I don't know if any of us can do a good Ron. You need meat, okay? Okay, we are gonna have to have meat in Florida. That's DeSantis not bad. Said, as said at a recent news conference while blasting corporations for forcing woke ideology on consumers. You can't have fake meat. It doesn't work. But lab-cultivated meat isn't grown, researched, or sold in Florida, and it isn't fake. The federal government has approved it for sale after years of testing, but has licensed just two companies to sell it so far. So the day Floridians could see it is a long way off. Um, again, this – I think, Tomas, I think it was you or I – don't, I don't remember which one of you said it in the chat, but you were like, this is what he dropped out of – 
This is what he dropped out to go do. This is, it's, shit. this is what he was doing before the campaign. Like this type of endurance. Yes, like someone, someone on my staff was trolling through Red Pill Reddit, and they came across a bugaboo. I'll turn that bugaboo into official legislation, basically. Like that's, he's going back right. to exactly. This guy is an Ouroboros of failure. I, I there's a part of me that loves him a little bit. Um, the the synthetic meat, the lab grown meat, the plant based meat, whatever you want to call it. Um, is basically the re- the people who don't like it are like the meat like meat industry industrial farmers. Fetterman has a similar one, uh, I think, for dairy. You, the, it's fake milk, uh, and we want to protect our real robust Pennsylvania farm. You know, there's like, you know, um, so this cons- is like an industry. Yeah, this is industry thing? constituency basically. This isn't some exactly. weird bugbear in his brain. Okay, yeah. all right. That's what I wanted to say. It's like it's 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 weird and stupid and like you know, part of this like weird, like internet-y like bubble that Gerald is referencing, but Gerald's also right. Like this, this is part of a lobby effort by like industry farmers, like the meat industry, because lab grown meat is, is, is a threat to their, you know, to their, to their, their, to their, their bottom line, yeah. their, bottom line their, their profit margins. I, I will say this on a less serious note, I'm a vegetarian. Uh, so I largely, this doesn't really matter to me. Like lab-grown meat sounds gross to me. Yeah, the concept sounds gross. I would never eat it. Uh, I also think there should be like really good like testing as to you know how. I, I don't know anything. Maybe there has been this testing. I don't know anything about it. Again, I don't fucking eat meat, but I, I would say like, what are the health effects for people with this kind of stuff? That being said, you know it's like again these like so-called small government conservatives, you know, are now like putting their thumb in the scale and like restricting like the free market, you know, from coming up with innovative solutions and competition and what. Like again, saying all this that I think it's gross and like I want all the health elements like you know tested and studied. Like what the fuck is the Florida's government doing doing this? Like. Don't we have like bigger fucking problems, which is what we always come back like, to in this podcast? Don't we have serious fucking issues that you people yeah. that are like tax, you know, pay tax money leeches in Tallahassee living off of our fucking money? You know, do, like it's just ridiculous to me. So yeah. does anyone remember in the 2012 campaign, um, the primary, I think Obama had said something about like, you know, those pink slime burgers, like you don't want to be eating that stuff. You want to be eating real food. And like Rick Perry and all of them were like, oh, too good for the pink slime. Huh? I'm going down the pink slime factory. I'm going to fill my belly with good old fashioned American this, ingenuity. This a, and now the situation is completely reversed. Yeah. Yeah. This is a weird internet thing. It's not necessarily only internet. It's a weird cultural thing where it's like, it's like, you can you can take a conservative or a liberal and with the right um triangulation you can make them for or against either of these things yeah like, it, you, you can you can you can make them be like i'm not owned. Oh, well, i'm not owned you, <laughs> you can show them the, that cowspiracy documentary and be like hey you know if you're a real environmental warrior then you know we need to do this you could show them what was the chris evans movie on the train where they eat roaches you could show them that well snowpiercer great film mm-hmm. Snowpiercer, yeah, you can show them Snowpiercer and yeah. and get any conspiracy theory right winger to be like, oh, they're trying to feed us bugs, and you know, it, it's but, but it's, David, it's, David, it's this this circles back or, or not circles back, but leads us to our main issue of the day, which is you can get Democrats and Republicans to oppose mm. any issue at any given moment based on you know horse race 
yeah. you know, smooth brain analysis. Tit for tat shit. Yeah, yeah. Analysis tit for tat shit. Of like the political zeitgeist, right? Call it bipartisan, baby. No one, no one believes in anything anymore in this country. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Our main our main topic for the day is um, is the uh, immigration bill, the, or maybe I, I, at this point I'm not even comfortable the, saying that there is a bill. Anymore. The, I don't the, even know like it's from moment to moment if yeah. it exists. The bipartisan national security supplemental. So the most recent news item that could also contextualize it for us um, comes from NBC News. Uh, So I'll read us into this topic a little bit. This is from NBC News byline um, from uh, earlier today. The uh, headline is Biden advisors ready to go on offensive in the immigration fight after the bipartisan border, uh, border bill's demise. The White House is accelerating plans to blast Republicans for taking a bipartisan measure that was far to the right of anything Democrats had supported on immigration in the past. And the dateline is from Las Vegas, because I guess that's where Biden is right now. Uh, President Joe Biden would have preferred to sign a bipartisan border bill despite criticism from his left and right flanks, seeing it as an imperfect solution to the immigration crisis. But with the compromised bill falling apart before it even hit the Senate floor, Biden advisors say they may have the next best thing, a political cudgel to allow them to uh, finally to go on offense on what has been one of the biggest, his biggest political vulnerabilities. Well, thank God he got the cudgel guys. Thank God he's going to be okay. That's, that's like, like what you just said, Thomas, this is all like through some weird triangulation of, fucking partisan politics and just image and maintenance yeah exactly being able to say hey i got the damn bipartisan thing that you guys wanted and nobody wanted it and and i i would say this i want to hear what tomas has to say most on this issue yeah. because he's the one who follows it the best and is, is always like my guiding light on that but this is one of those issues where if you're not super tuned in on it it can and you're like sort of a casual follower of your you know society of what's happening in the world you can feel like the floor is kind of fallen out from under you where you're like, wait, is this fucking good or bad? Like what, what's going on here? And I would just say as a guiding North star, Senator Kirsten cinema, huge supporter of this bill. And, um, that's all you probably, need to know. Automatic it's probably for the best. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Automatic automatic bad. But, Tomas, what else should we know though? So I, I think it's important to give the listener some context as to what this bill does. So basically it, it, it as, as Biden himself said, gives him the authority to shut down the border on day one. It does this on the basis of number of entries per day. If the border sees more than 8,500 entries per day, automatically gives the authority to shut down. If the border sees on a rolling seven-day basis 5,000, entries per day, automatically the border gets shut down, no more entries, etc. Now, the border has seen more than 5,000, more than 8,000 really, entries per day for an extended period of time now. So it automatically would shut down the border. It, uh, it, it mandates that any a single adult that's entering would automatically go into detention. Families would be basically giving like, you know, like a tracking mechanism to oversee their their asylum application. All asylum applications would have to be processed at ports uh, of entries. And also it has like, I think, $3 billion for private detention centers. It greatly beefs up ICE, you know, as a bureaucracy uh, and infrastructure. And it would... Um, diminish 
the amount of time that people have to pursue an asylum case uh, to six months. It diminishes the amount of uh, time that it takes to process an asylum application to six months. Granted, the current you know length that takes you know five years or more, it's too long, right? Both for the for the, the system and the applicant, it's not fair to them either. But six months to process an asylum application is way too little. I mean, these these are very strict, stringent uh, processes. You need to get a ton of documentation from bureaucracies, you know, uh, in foreign countries often that take forever. So it's just unfeasible and un- unrealistic. And it's meant to basically turn back as as as, uh, as many people as possible, right? So it, it just absolutely uh, destroys the asylum system. Uh, it uh, enacts some of the harshest uh, border policies since probably like the 19... 19- 50s. Uh, it has no pathways to citizenship for people. Nothing, not even for you know the, the DACA recipients. Which was which was a Biden promise, a day one Biden yeah. promise, by the way. Exactly, and we you know we haven't had really significant federal immigration reform in this country since 1986. That's the last time we had a, 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 a legal pathways to citizenship yep. under Ronald Reagan, of all people. That was how my mom got her citizenship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's 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 a huge uh, broken promise. It's unfair to the people that are already living here, you know, trying to get by, trying to make ends meet, living with the anxiety of possibly being detained and deported, separated from their family, everything they've built. Um, it, it adopts and sometimes expands uh, on, on a lot of Trump era policy, you know, like all these asylum restrictions, Title 42. There's funding for construction of the border wall in this bill, for example. Um, it's just... A, a huge betrayal, you know, and it, it, it goes against the grain of, of, of reality. Look, yeah. I'll read you a tweet right now from your ex, I think, uh, university classmate, uh, Gerald Jeff Stein from Washington Post. Ooh. Due largely to an unexpected surge in immigration, the U.S. economy will be about $7 trillion larger and federal revenues about $1 trillion bigger. And this is from the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, right? Mm-hmm. There's a huge work shortage in this, this country. You know what I mean? There's, there's sectors of the economy that would completely collapse if we don't have migrant workers. Social security would become quickly insolvent if we don't have undocumented immigrants like my parents who paid out into social security for 18 years. They don't get any of that money back, which is fucked up, taxation without representation, right? Um, you know, migration is necessary uh, in this country. The, the, also, the whole narrative that migrants drive down wages, like it's true in a way, but it's only true because the system is set up to do that, right? Because major corporate actors don't want to pay people their fair share. There's no immigration reform to get these people out of the shadows and into actual like jobs that have like labor standards and right. oversight with a social security number and, attached and to wage it. Yeah. standards when you have millions right. of people in this country you know working on, under the table you know with no wage standards and getting paid you know whatever the employer wants you know like below market rate of course it's going to bring down wages you know what people like me that are like you know pro immigration i mean i'm 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 open borders honestly i'm like far to the left on this but what we want you know what I mean? It's like more resources to process people efficiently, 
to move like immigration bureaucracy out of like the Department of Homeland Security to stop seeing every fucking immigrant as a national security threat, you know, make it, you know, something like holistic and humane, make USCIS independent from from DHS. You know what I mean? To be able to have enough case officers to properly ascertain asylum cases, to give work permits for people that are like crossing the border so they can go and get to work. You know, direct them to places like Pittsburgh, for example, where the mayor has been begging for these migrant buses that these Republican governors keep sending to New York and Chicago, or whatever. The guy, the mayor of Pittsburgh, is like, send them here. We need Send workers. them here. We need people. You know, so there's par- parts of the country that really need these workers. You know what I mean? Um, but unfortunately, like that, which would actually require like resourcing and logistics, you know, and like real political will to enact those solutions are, are, are not considered, right? Instead, what we got is the Biden administration decided to play fourth dimensional chess with the issue in a really stupid manner and basically say, look, you don't want to give money to Ukraine because that's what it's all about, right? The Republicans right. said no more money to Ukraine. You know, they put all these like standards on it. This, this, you know, they wanted audits. And I think it's a good thing, actually, because we've given billions of dollars to this country and we really should know where that money is going to, especially there's been so many corruption scandals involving Zelensky's government. Yeah, that money that money is a, is going through a sieve. Yeah, it's exactly. going right into people's pockets. Yeah. Yeah. So the Republicans said no more money, and then Biden. The Biden. This is an idea from the Biden administration. You can fast track me on this. They said we'll tie it to border security, and we'll ram it through uh, this way. So now we got you know a Trump style regressive, it's so restrictive, it's so fucking immigration cynical. bill that's attached to war funding and not just for Ukraine, money for Israel, for Taiwan and uh, for Ukraine. So basically we are giving more money for war to continue destabilizing whole regions of the world, particularly in the Middle East, creating more refugees. And then when those refugees say, okay, let's let's go to America. That seems like a nice place to, to live. We say, fuck you, turn back. It's insane. I, I don't know if you guys remember this about 12 years ago. Um, Mark Zuckerberg and a bunch of other tech type guys at the time, the, the luminaries at the time, they started something called forward.us. Do you guys remember that? Of course. It's like I a know. website. Baby, yeah, I worked yeah, in the I'm immigration sure. space. I, <laughs> so if my, my, if my memory serves and keep, keep me honest here, Tomas, but that was mostly aimed at like tech workers. They wanted like people, they wanted to make it easier to, you know, bring over people from um, on like visas from like India and Indonesia programming hubs and stuff like that. But one useful thing they did was put a lot of money behind research and data and like and being able to quantify impact. And I remember one one report that they promulgated said that if there was complete asylum forgiveness tomorrow. And this was back in like 2012. But if there was complete uh, forgiveness and, and like immediate like, uh, you know, status given across all 10, 13, 15 million, depending on what which estimate you believe, undocumented people in the country, it would result in a double digit GDP growth in a single year, which is for a country like ours, a stagnating, like brittle, dying service economy. Yeah. That's fucking enormous. That's huge huge. And I I say that to bring up how detached real things like real reality has been from this issue, because now you're seeing like you're seeing Democrats, you're seeing people ostensibly on the left in in the public sphere saying like, like I'm used to seeing 
people on the right come out and say, look, immigration is causing crime. And not true. Immigrant, uh, undocumented immigrants create uh, uh, are responsible for a smaller share of crime than than documented people. It's all these like, you know, negative pejorative things. And, 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 and you're seeing Democrats respond saying, look, we all know that that's true. We agree. And it's like, when did we cede that fucking ground? When did the left decide when, that all those toxic narratives, we're just going to give in to them and, and use that as the basis from which to, to argue? When I was in Los Angeles, it, people would joke, if you wanted to like deport people, you would make it legal to arrest people who were driving exactly the speed limit. Because everyone yeah. who was here, who was undocumented, want make sure I don't do anything to step out of line that would get me, you know, pulled over or, or in, you know, interfacing with law enforcement. Yeah, look, I, I think the most hurtful and disappointing thing about this moment is what you're getting at, David, right? Like, again, I'm an open borders person. But, you know, like, there's like logistical problems, you know, and issues that you have to solve in terms of creating an orderly but humane immigration system that's as, you know, open as possible, you know, and you can have a, a discussion or an argument or whatever with people on the opposing side, right? But they're the opposing side. Like, you know, they have these beliefs. They've always had these beliefs. They'll always be there. But when people on your own side betray you like this within the space of a few weeks, and you know, we, we all anyone who's not naive knew that these were, you know, fair weather allies, but it is remarkable just how quickly they, they flipped the script. And now the whole narrative that the Democrats are pushing is like, actually, we want to solve the border, you know, and the Republicans are the open borders people because they were, they rejected uh, our, our deal. I mean, Congratulations. Like you're the now you have the upper hand in the argument. Good you're, good job. That like you you literally spent the last decade telling us that these policies meant fascism right. under the orange man. You know what I mean? Yep. And then like that, you you just adopt like what's actual like good like policy, which is you know, to have you know a, a, a immigration into this country for like some dumb like horse racy like politicky like electoral like move i think it's disgusting honestly and i don't think it's also gonna work because at the end of the day like voters are like not tuned into this you know unless you're like psychotically like watching cnn yeah so they're just gonna say okay well congress didn't get anything done what day of the fucking what 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 day of the week is it and you know if you are you know immigration Ish, you know, voter that you know that's concerned about if that's your uh, issue. I mean, yeah. some voter that's concerned about the voter, you're going to say, "Well, fuck it, I'll vote Trump." You know, he's that's his right. issue. Right. You know, if you're an independent, I don't know, you could fall within uh, uh, either side of the issue. But I think he's really doing a lot of damage with his va- base. You know, young voters, Arab voters, Muslim voters, immigration-focused voters, a segment of the Latino population. I mean, a lot of Latinos aren't immigrant, but a lot of Latinos are pro-immigrant, you know? And I think it's just completely, you know, like, you, I don't know how you, like, resolve that contradiction on, on, on the rhetoric that immigrant uh, Democrats have employed in the last eight years or so while battling Trump with this just, like, about face. And the, you, I think they're conscious of that because at the end of the article, at um, the NBC News article, um, one of the advisors, I think his name is Matt Barreto, um, 
said uh, was, it, it, this was great because it's going to keep pressure on House Republicans, but also we're going to be the ones able to say we did our best on the border while also talking about solutions for dreamers and farmers and all that. And it's just like, you can't do that. <laughs> like you can't, no. you can't talk to people I, like they're stupid. And you know, you know what the Republicans are saying? They're just lying and saying that this is an open borders bill. Right. It's probably going to work with their base. And they let 5,000 people in per day, you know, and and whatever. And they have this whole, you know, like, you know, crew of surrogates and talking heads and mainstream media. They have a fucking channel like Fox News and Newsmax and all these other channels to push their message. And they have a giant like social media machine to, to penetrate the mainstream discourse. So what basically Democrats are doing is they're seeding, you know, the overtone window, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the zeitgeist that determines what is the mainstream consensus on any issue. They're seeding it further and further to the right. And at some point, like, that's going to clash with their actual base of supporters, you know. And again, like a lot of liberals, you know, of course, they're, they're fair weather, right? They're, they're right. just too blue at any given yeah. moment. They're going to be like, no, we actually do need to do something about the border and they'll rationalize all of this. But, uh, you know, like yeah, Biden's, I think, I Biden's think, being a grown up. He's being mature. Yeah, sure. he's, I think a significant number of voters are going to say, hey, this is fucking weird and doesn't feel right. And it's and not you what you've been fucking telling me for the last 10 years. And I don't like it. I, I sure don't. Yeah. I, I don't know. There has to be a point where like, like I, I, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I definitely remember like, Obama talking about building these like um, these these administrative connections with all of the countries that like to, to make it more easy. Did that shit ever happen? No. Like, is there a way for somebody from Nicaragua to be like, yeah, here's my Nicaraguan paperwork. And, uh, you know, because like, that's what he had said. That's what they had said that they were going to do. I'm sure that that shit never happened. There's no more robust way of like, you know, sharing information or mutual legal assistance treaty type, you know, MLAT exchanges and shit like that between countries that shit's not happening and like if you're one of these fairweather liberals that tomas is talking about and you're like oh well you know this is i know there's a lot of draconian fucked up stuff in this but you know we just gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta you know get this political win we gotta get this little uh w in our in our in our column well i want you to do me a favor like tell me how you would like all of the powers that are spelled out in this thing under under a Trump presidency or a Republican Congress to be wielded, and then show me the next any any fucking poll that says that Biden is leading in twenty twenty. But you know what, David? Because everything that gets spelled out in this, just imagine President Trump having that bill in front of him. Because whatever horrible draconian shit, it's going to be wielded not by your buddy Joe Biden. It's going to be wielded by Donald. No, Trump. but I also reject that premise because yes, you're right. But the the overtone window, the starting point of the negotiations, has now been moved so much to the right. That Shifted even, so far to the right. Even yeah. if Biden is reelected, like which is possible, you know, we don't know who's going to win. It's up in the air. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, Trump Trump is leading the polls, but we don't know. He's not going to get sixty fucking votes in the Senate, and even if he does, right? You know, a lot of these Democrats are immigration hawks. You know, yeah. So the starting point of the negotiation now is this. So even if Biden is president, you know what I mean? Like this is where like Republicans this is, the new this is where you drifted. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll pick up. And another thing I'll say is, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get like hokey or like virtue signaling or whatever, but like it is fucked up, I'm sorry, that this conversation is all about electoral like 
horse race, like, yep. stick, yeah. and like the actual, like there's no people involved. The actual lives of the yeah. people are completely invisibilized, and that's yeah. fucked up. I'm sorry, especially yeah. we live in a fucked up world. We live in a time of economic instability, of warfare. You know, in in parts of the world where whole regions are being destabilized, where people are being pushed and displaced, you know, from their homes. And a lot of it, I'm sorry, has to do with American action across the world. Like we invaded Iraq after sanctioning them for 10 years straight after the Gulf War and destabilized that whole region. You know what I mean? We fucking went into Libya, you know, with this NATO coalition and the post Gaddafi. And now the, 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 the country is de facto split into two with warlords battling each other. You know what I mean? Syria is a fucking mess that's like split into like all kinds of, you know, uh, pieces. You know what I mean? We had Central American death squads being funded, you know, by Reagan and, and, and you know, other administrations before him. We had, you know, like we, when we weren't actually sanctioning and invading and staging coups, we were exporting our insane hyper-capitalist economic model, you know, via the Chicago boys, you know what I mean? Uh, to places like Chile, to places like Argentina, that right now we've talked about it, is seeing this horrible austerity plan being implemented that's driving up poverty and causing Argentinians to migrate in mass outside of the country. So this is a problem of our own concoction. And, you know, what is the answer? Like, we're going to cocoon ourselves into our country, you know, maybe, but like, that's like a children of men ass fucking solution. Yeah. That's not going to lead to any fucking good place. And if another great movie, by the way, one of my favorites, <laughs> Go it's very pr- foreshadowing for of things to come. It was made in 2007. Very good film. <sighs> so you guys got in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not. I I haven't missed a Super Bowl in 20 years. I am missing this one um, on purpose, not out of protest. Not I have other plans. Gerald has uh, a date. Gerald has a date. I mean, I, I've talked about it on this podcast before, and I know you guys are gonna be like, eh, "Bad take," but fuck football. I don't give a shit. I, I don't care that you're performing. <laughs> no, either. that one I don't mind. No, no, no. I don't watch it. That's 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 only like your third or fourth worst take of the day. I yeah. wouldn't worry about that one. You're you're you're, you're fine. I'm coming, baby. <laughs> I, I guess I, I don't know the, the Chiefs just to see like the insane content on on Twitter from the right wing. Yeah, that's I, I hope yeah. the Chiefs. The win. only thing that happens with a 49ers Wait, but don't win you think is, like uh, San Francisco a San Francisco win wouldn't make the right insane no, as well? No, crazy? there's no there's no get there. What happens? Kyle Shanahan, you can't beat up on him anymore. That he yeah. he he chokes at the end. That that that's all that happens if the 49ers win. If the Chiefs win. And Taylor Swift is up on the stage with with uh, Mr. Pfizer or what have you. That's yeah. That's it. <laughs> but if the Chiefs lose, all yeah. these fucking all these fucking meatheads and fucking right wing chuds are gonna be like, oh, fucking Taylor Swift is Yoko yeah. Ono. Like she ruined the Chiefs. Oh, by the way, Yoko Ono based. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah. So you know they'll get their like hit of dopamine regardless. They'll be fine. Yeah, for me, um, 29-27 Chiefs, I think, is the, uh, the final. I like it. Um, so t- take the over, boys. <laughs> <laughs>